At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Annie. And I'm Leah. And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in. Hey there, Annie. Hey there, Leah. How are you today? I'm doing really well. How about you? I'm doing great. Uh, Working, as always, trying to plan whatever's coming next, which feels like it's a lot this spring, but I'm excited about all of it. We're coming off of that amazing USLCA workshop we did in February and planning for our next one in June because it was so so much fun. It's, it's great. I love this stage of things where it's just about ideating everything that could be possible and like making it all happen and coming up with the plan. It's like one of my favorite, um, that's my Colby quick start. I guess <laughs> it's so cool. And I love like that conference, the USLCA conference was just like something I'd never experienced before. You and I concocted it up in our brains and it was so unique. And then being able to, you know, make it happen and see like how well received our idea was, was just so cool. Cannot wait to do it again and bring even more to the table on another, another round. So it's going to be super exciting. That's in June. So y'all stay That's tuned. in June, but we have other stuff coming up. Yes. We have at the end of the month, uh, we have a deeper dive into insurance. We're bringing Rebecca Costello. If any of you came to the uh, IBCLC day, which was, I scheduled it for the wrong day because apparently <laughs> I don't know when IBCLC day is. And then I was like, I kind of don't care. I like Thursdays works for me. Yeah. Um, but if you came to our intro to insurance webinar with Rebecca Costello, then you know how great she is talking about insurance. And this one, we really do mean it to be a deeper dive. And we don't mean a deeper dive into like, okay, like what does that code mean again? Yeah, we're going to talk about some of that, but like, we're also going to be talking about, I don't know, maybe Leah can explain it better than me, kind of like the emotional side of taking insurance. 
Definitely. And just like the extra self-care, I think we all need around that. Like when we're being an insurance provider in such an uncertain time, it's just, you really, really need some extra attention to caring for yourself as a business owner on so many different levels, not just emotionally, but, you know, just from being a smart business owner and making sure that, you know, you're taking care of yourself, um, both business and emotionally. Because <laughs> definitely you know, insurance, or insurance, I don't think they think in any emotional terms whatsoever, the insurance companies, they don't. but we have to, we have to, to take care of ourselves for sure. We're going to drop the link to register to that in the show notes. And it's also on our website. If you go to lactationbusinesscoaching.com, it'll bring you to the page and that'll have registration information there too. So today's topic is boundaries with high needs clients. Uh Uh-huh. Something that is ever evolving for me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's super tough. I have had my fair share just recently and it's interesting how much I've evolved from when I was just a fresh new IBCLC to now how I manage that. What's your experience like? Did you have you changed over time or do you feel like you've handled these situations kind of the same the whole time? I have definitely changed over time because I really didn't have any boundaries when I first started. I was because <laughs> I that's most of, it of was us. Like, We're so excited. Yeah, I, I just want to help you. And like, I want to answer all your questions. I want to make sure I get back to you right away. Part of it was like having little kids and spending a lot of time like just sitting at the playground while they were playing Mm -hmm. and having all this kind of time, which in retrospect, I look back, I'm like, I could have been reading a book instead of texting (laughs) with clients. So it was a combination of having this time that I felt was not assigned to my family Mm -hmm. and then wanting to pour it into my work, wanting to really use it as, you know, marketing my practice and also growing my skills. And for me, I felt like I learned through doing a lot of times and that was how I was sharpening my skills. And it was how I was, you know, delivering the value to my clients so that I would get those word of mouth referrals. So it all kind of felt like I would lump it in with like continuing education and marketing. But really what it was, was me like panicking and freaking out that (laughs) I was like, but we have to fix this right away because you're really upset about it. And if, and if we don't fix it, you're going to hate me. So it was, there was a lot of fear underneath that. What about you, Leah? Yeah, I'd say I had very, very similar experience. I was also had just like, just my heart felt so big. Like I could hold so much for people at that time, even though I had a young family, the excitement and knowledge that I had in my head, I felt like very expansive. It didn't feel coming from a place of, you know, contraction and like, this is hard to answer all these questions. I was like, shoot me with more questions. I got them all. Like I got space to give you all the answers and similar to you. I mean, I was sitting in car lines. I was, you know, hanging out, playing hot wheels with my son while we're, you know, answering a couple questions here and there. It just felt so helpful too. Like you said, like getting that consistent, like feedback. Okay. I'm telling the client to try this. And then they come back and, you know, within an hour and say, that's working. And then I'm like, okay, note in my head that works, you know, and then like 
no, that didn't work. You know, that was such valuable lessons learned that, you know, I really, really can see the value in sometimes not having as tight of boundaries, but as the practice grew and you have more and more clients, that expansive heart and mind that I felt like I had started to feel like it was shrinking because you're also taking all this like emotional stuff on with it. Like when things weren't working out and how devastating that was to me and how, like you said, like I got to hurry up and fix this and it's not getting fixed. So that also felt devastating. And that emotional toll, what I found over time was really contributing to just an overall sense of like drain and, you know, eventually you can get to burnout, you know, just feeling so kind of heavy and that beautiful, like kind of expansive feeling I felt maybe year one, two, and three start to, to feel like a weight and heavy. And that's really, I started to realize, and maybe it took a few more years of sitting and heavy <laughs> that I started to realize like, Hey, maybe I could think about some of this in different ways and maybe set up some kind of protective measures for myself. You know, it's almost like having some armor around you so you can carry that heavy stuff a little bit more easy or, you know, carry a wheelbarrow with you. <laughs> I don't know. Or if you think about it, like maybe not armor, cause we're not trying to keep them out. Think of, I think about it like, like a soft structured baby carrier yeah, and it's got go. like the belts around your waist. So like the, the weight of your baby is being supported by the strength of your hips yes, and you've got the straps it. and you get them tight just so in the little chest belt. And like <laughs> when you have it all set up correctly and you put your baby in there, it doesn't feel like you're carrying much of anything at all. Yeah. I love um, that analogy. And it totally resonates with me because that was the carrier of choice that I had. And that's exactly that kind of like balance and needing to kind of tweak and tweak until you're like, Ooh, okay. My body feels really good in this. I think I'm just now getting to like, I got the perfect fit for this soft carrier. <laughs> I love that analogy. That's that's so perfect. What kind of boundaries have you set up? Cause I feel like that's the first step in really managing these high needs clients is coming up with those boundaries. So what are some of the things that you've put into place that are giving you and your client the support that you both need? Exactly. So one of the things I do is I try to set expectations with the client. So I let them know sometime during the visit, I'll mention like, hey, you can message me on Spruce. I try to respond within 24 hours. So they know there's not going to be, you know, a 12 p.m. or excuse me, 12 a.m. response. Or if you message me, you know, at six, I might not answer until all the way the next day at six. But the expectation is not like this is a place to get instant. Now, sometimes they actually do get that because I happen to have the time to look and do it, but try to set that expectation. Also expectations around follow-up. So that's helped me a lot. Like in the visit, I'll talk about like, this case is pretty complex. We're not going to solve all the problems today. We need to take this step-by-step -step approach. And I schedule so many more follow-ups, like so, so many more follow-ups than I ever did in the beginning. I tried to solve all their problems in one shot in the beginning. I was like, I will stay here for four hours and solve every problem you ever had. And we will make sure until you wean 
you know everything and you know for many reasons that doesn't work well but it also helped me again set up the expectation from the client that like we're going to have another touch point so there's no need to like you know ask all these questions like we're going to have another chance you know to talk again and then i do really try to limit how much i even look at anything in the evenings now there are those special cases where i've got you know a really kind of dicey situation where i am checking in a little bit more and i am checking my phone because i'm like okay they were supposed to let me know how this or that went i just had this happen over the last week so it's very really fresh on my mind and it was a place where I knew I needed to make an exception, just given the circumstances of it. And then on the weekend, too, I really, really try to put my phone away. And our voicemail says, we'll respond to you at our best, but we aren't in the office over the weekend. So if they're calling over the weekend, like they already know the expectation is we're probably not going to be answering. And again, if I have a client that kind of watching out for them, I might peek a few times, but that's been super helpful because I do feel the weekends are so much more restorative because I can kind of like push all my work stuff out of my brain. And I do really try to hold that as sacred space to be with my family and, and really do things that fuel me in other ways than just the wonderful fuel I get from the work that I do, which is very energizing to me. But I know that I can't just be solely dependent on that because there is also like this balance of like it energizes me, but it also is really heavy sometimes. So those are some things that I've tried to work on. I mean, I'm certainly not perfect with it. And there are moments where I find myself slipping, but I know I feel like Annie, you're stronger on boundaries than me. I probably am not like the most boundaried person but tell me about what you've figured out. Cause I know you've kind of had the same journey of like learning over time. What's settling for you now? Yeah, I do. I mean, I do like all the same things that you do. And a lot of it is like starting with having a boundary with myself is yes. that I have to tell myself you're not going to do this. And the, I think a big thing that has really helped, there's two like kind of tech things that have helped me. And one is moving everything to spruce because I have a lot of things like on my desktop computer that ping like my text from my kids. Like I have that, but spruce, if I'm on my computer and I don't have my phone anywhere near me, I don't see that somebody is messaging me through spruce. So like on the weekends, like I would love to say I'm living this blissful work-free life. (laughs) I'm not, but I, I like, often have a lot of time to myself on the weekends. And that's when I work on updating my website or planning out like educational content and all the stuff that has to happen for the conferences. And so when I'm in that mode, I really want to stay in that mode. So I don't have anything notifying me on my desktop that a client's Mm. reaching me. I do get them on my phone and I have really trained myself to leave them when I'm not available to answer them. I can also see is it a client? Is it urgent? Is it not urgent? And then I can like leave it unread. And I've gotten really good at ignoring that little red. I mean, I'm such like an (laughs) inbox zero person, but when it's on spruce, I'm like, it's okay. I can swipe it on a different screen on my phone. And I, and I don't see it. The other thing that has really helped me is really getting the clients using the secure messaging in intake queue. Mm. And I do not get email alerts if someone sends, if a client sends me a secure message, 
I have deliberately disabled those. Mm. So when I'm like, okay, I'm logging into intake queue because I've got to review charts. I've got to write a care plan. I've got to check out, you know, did they submit their forms? And then I'll see if there's a a message Mm. from a client, but I don't get notified for those because I know I'm going to be inside intake queue enough that I'll see them and I'll see them when I see them. So those are those are two tech things I've done. And then the kind of business thing I've done, which is I learned this from Rachel O'Brien is I charge for email support. So if you want to have email support after the two weeks that's included for self-pay or between visits, if you're insurance, I don't give my insurance clients included email support because they have the ability to schedule a follow-up. Mm-hmm. But if they want to email with me between visits, I charge them. It's $25 for a week. But the best thing about this, and I haven't had like a lot of people take me up on it, which is totally fine. However, I'm then able to have my interns and the new IBCLC that I just hired be the one to respond to those. So they can actually be training, practicing scenarios, working mm-hmm. with clients. It's been a real win on that front because it's it's more work that they can do. in their training Uh, and the clients are getting what they want. They're getting the support they need, but it's not necessarily me that has to deliver it. And then I'm modeling. I'm also modeling those boundaries for my new independent contractor and and the interns that I'm working with. I think one of the points that you made that I, I also have found to be super helpful is the language that you use, like in what's included in your, in your visit. So like making sure like many, many, many times your clients are seen like, this is what's included. Are you going to include, you know, messaging and email support or not? And for how long, because I'll have a lot of clients that come back and say, I know I'm outside my two week window. I'm happy to pay for a phone call or another visit, but I had this question which was like a really nice, like way more easy to manage door to open. Like the door's open. Now I can say, you know what, actually like that is kind of complicated. Would be best if we did that in person. Let's schedule something. It's so much easier because they know the expectation. But one thing I know for sure about tired postpartum parents, they have to see that on multiple places. So when you do your intake process, you're making sure they acknowledge that they know that's what the visit comes with, you know, whether it's going to be your insurance clients or not, you know, like, I think that's so helpful because it shows that you are taking care of yourself. I feel like my clients respond so much better when I say, I like, I'll even say like, I want you guys to reach back out to me, but I won't be available to answer that on this day, but I will be looking and will answer it as soon as I can. Like I'll say stuff like that. And I feel like they really get it. And, and also I feel like they're so much more respectful when I am verbally saying it versus like, when I'm like, Oh, why do they think I can talk to them all hours of the night? Like, why is this the expectation? You know what I mean? It's like trying to be more like making sure they understand. And people are super receptive to that. Like they get it. We have families and we have other responsibilities and we also have other clients. 
So I do think that's like one of the best things I've ever learned. And it sounds like you're learning too, is like just being really communicative about your boundaries. It also helps us hold our own boundaries. Cause I love it when a client comes back and says, oh, I know this is outside my two weeks. Cause I'm like, thank you so much for holding this boundary. Because if they hadn't said that, I might've said, just answer the question, right? So in telling them, they're also helping me hold my own boundary too, which I'm like learning to hold better boundaries and it's great when your clients can actually help you. <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Such a process and like having it be a conversation because there are going to be times where you're going to make exceptions. And like a common exception that I will make is that if you're an insurance client and I've seen you four times and we're still working on something, we're going to be messaging, mm-hmm. you know, at some point I can't, I'm not going to let you go uh, and let you flail, especially if things are really intense and, uh, and it took a while to figure out what was going on or, mm-hmm. you know, there are times where I'm, I'm allowing myself to break those boundaries. The worst one that I break that I really need to like stop breaking <laughs> is I will totally text with clients at like nighttime Ugh. because of scheduling. If I'm like, if I'm available or if my independent contractor is available and I'm trying to get the booking, oh, yes. I'm so bad about that. And then yes. I'm like, well, now they know, like I'm awake <laughs> um, at this time, but actually like, I'm really not <laughs> like really fall asleep so early. But that's one place where I really need to be better about that. And I do have an admin that helps and the independent contractors were all supposed to be, you know, kind of pitching in and doing it together so that nobody has to be on call. But I'm a bit of a, 
I don't know, let's not use the word control freak about, <laughs> about scheduling or like, just, I just want it done. I don't want to leave anybody hanging if I'm available or I don't want to yeah. leave them hanging if I'm not available. Like it's yeah. all like a you whole just thing. don't want to leave them like without some support when they could be finding someone else and lining something up. And then if we're delaying them, that doesn't feel good either, you know? So I, I totally get that have definitely made that same exception. My other exception seems to come. I see a lot of babies. This is a very hard timeline on day three or four when milk is like just coming in and they're at the lowest weight they're going to be. And then you're like holding your breath. Like, is this going to turn the corner? Is this going to turn the corner? Like, is everything going to be okay or not or not? You know, you're like going back and forth and those clients tend to be the ones that like keep me up at night a little bit more because I'm like, okay, I'm going to check in and like, see how the last couple feedings went. That timeline is like the hardest. Like I love to see people after day five because everything has found it's going to go with that fork in the road. Like it's going to go one way or the other. <laughs> it feels like that timeline seems to be really hard. But when I see them, then I do feel like a lot of times I need to check in because they might not have their pediatrician appointment scheduled for a couple of days. And so I feel like, well, I'm the, you know, person kind of helping them work through this. And so that's a hard timeline. I tend to make probably my most exceptions are there from all of them, you know, it's just, and my, and it's such a hard time for the families too. They're just on edge too. Like, is it going to work out? It's not, you know, those babies that are just teetering right on the edge and you're like, this could all be fine by tomorrow or could all be falling apart. <laughs> I don't know which one it's going to be. So yeah, that, that's when I make exceptions. And I like, don't beat myself up for that either, because I think, you know, some of our suffering comes from how hard we are on ourselves about like, oh, I should have held a boundary. I should have done better, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, can we just be like, Hey, you know, you made that choice and yeah, it made, made you, you know, maybe take a step away from family dinner to answer a question or something. And, you know, just be gentle with yourself because sometimes that's just how life is and it's okay. Um, Definitely. I, I mean, I have the same pull that you do if I've done a prenatal with somebody and then they mm. just had their baby and they've got like, they just need that hand holding. It's like, that is the time in your life where you need some hand holding, and to be able to be that person for somebody else, it's not going to be every single client that needs that. But I know that when they do, it is impactful and you do have a chance to really influence how the rest of your yes. clinical relationship is going to go by getting ahead of some of the things that might derail breastfeeding and then require cleanup later. So in some ways by breaking that boundary, making that exception in those first three days, first five days, yeah, you actually are probably making things easier for both of you. A hundred percent. And just, you know, helping, helping that client see that there could be a light at the end of the tunnel, like keep holding that hand until they make it there, you know? And I feel like I've been helped so much by, um, we've had Brandy on uh, a couple times on podcasts and deeper dives with us. And she's helped me be so much more aware of boundaries and how influential they are on like our overall well-being. Because sometimes for me as an extrovert, I can get real caught up into like, I actually really enjoy like giving and, and talking to people and like interacting, 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 but I tend to like then crash and burn. 
and it's like some of the stuff that she shared on our podcast, our deeper dives we've done with her have been so eye-opening to me and like, oh, like I really, like you said, I almost have to like parent myself into like, you're going to have to slow down. You're going to have to take a break and take some rest, focus on how you're feeling right now. You know, it's pretty crazy how you can get so swept up in the, like my swept up is like, I can help. So I should help everyone because I can, right? That's kind of like my mentality sometimes is like, if I can, I should do it for every person that I can come in contact with. But Brandy's helped me see so much of like the other side of that is like, then I can show up even better for the people I can help if I take care of myself and I really focus on having some of those boundaries. Have you found any trainings? I know, of course, you've also mentioned how helpful Brandy is, but I know there's some other trainings that you've found really helpful in this world of boundary figuring out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the one that has been most impactful for me is mental health first aid that Kristen Cavuto teaches and being able to recognize that so much of that feeling that I get when there's a client who is, is really high needs and I'm worried for them is that there's something in me recognizing that there's something not right about what's happening here. And so having the training to be able to assess for perinatal mood disorders at certain points, assess for maybe other kinds. Um, She doesn't just talk about perinatal mood disorders. She has a whole session on suicidality. She has one on eating disorders, one on Mm -hmm. on intimate partner violence, and that not having, being afraid of like, okay, this could be it. So knowing how to handle myself when I'm out of my depth with the kind of help that I can provide and recognizing when this is actually not a breastfeeding problem, this is something bigger and Mm. then having the confidence to refer people out for the help that they need, um, has really helped. And I, I had one, one client that really just always stays in my, in my heart. And she was, you know, we had some in-person sessions and we're working on things and the, the messages that she was sending me were like, she got in that loop where she just kept saying the same thing over and over again. And because of that training that I'd had with Kristen, I was able to say, I'm concerned for your mental health and please, I've given you some names. And then I, in that case, I even called the pediatrician. I said, I need you to help me because she needs help. And she did. She actually really, really needed help beyond what she was going to get without somebody recognizing it before that training, I might've just kind of stayed like, I just got to stay, stick with this until she, exactly. Until she gets it, until she understands what I'm trying to teach her about breastfeeding. But that training, the mental health first aid was really instrumental in me saying, sometimes you need to change the direction of the train completely. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That's so important to understand because I think we're, we're speaking today about high needs clients and oftentimes mental health can strain, you know, put a strain on, you know, dealing with breastfeeding issues, you know, if you have additional than mental health issues on top of that, and it can look like just a breastfeeding problem, but it's like, if you have that clarity of mind, you can recognize like, oh, wait a second, this is definitely more than just um, a high needs client kind of 
wanting to get as many resources as possible for their breastfeeding issue, it's like, oh, wait a second, this is more than that. And I think we just do such an immense service by having that awareness. Like it just, it cannot be overstated how impactful and powerful that is and how many times I wish that, you know, I could see it like, oh my gosh, I wish so many other providers had had recognized this ahead of me, you know, or something like that. So, and it's hard because, you know, this is such an emotional time. And I think we might identify really closely to the struggle that a patient, my, our client might be going through, which then kind of like pulls our heartstrings so hard. And I just like, oh my gosh. I mean, the times that I have like literally cried <laughs> about a client, like I'm just like, my heart's breaking for the experience that they're having, you know, just you got to guard your heart, but you also can't be heartless in it either. You know, there's a real balance in in that. And I find that a real struggle. And I kind of have like a cheesy way that I deal with it. <laughs> it's so some might feel like it's cheesy, but I'm a very like doing something feels good to me. So I actually created this little, it's just a cardboard box that I made. And I like wrote on the inside of it, like all the things I'd want to say to someone who is really struggling, like you can do this. You're stronger than you think you are. You know, love is helping you through this, like all the, you know, things that you would just like want to pour into somebody. And, and I put that all on the inside of the box. And then I literally will put the person's initials in the box and close the box. And I just feel like, oh, okay, I'm surrounding them with all this like warm energy and love. And sometimes that really helps my brain kind of let go a little bit and say like, okay, I am send, you know, giving them all my knowledge, but I'm also like putting them in a place of like, I care for you. And I hope that all is well with you, you know, and that seems to help my little brain kind of process when I have like those really, really hard cases. Cause gosh, they can weigh on you and wake you up in the middle of the night. And, Oh, it's so challenging. Are there any strategies that you've found tricks that you've found over the years that feel good to you? I mean, I love that with the box and I may need to make a box, a physical <laughs> box. I've done that mentally where yeah. you, you, cr- you build a box to put some specific problem in, but I love yeah. the idea that it's like a real box and like that you've made it nice for them. You know, <laughs> you're putting them in this safe place. For me, the thing that I'm currently working on understanding and doing is this concept of completing the stress cycle, which mm. I read about in burnout by the Nagoski sisters, the book that recently came out. I think they're sisters. Twin sisters, Emily actually. And- Oh, they're twins. Yeah. Oh goodness. Talk about Emily needing to have Amelia, boundaries. I think. Yeah. 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 So they talk about like that you have a stress cycle and that there are certain things that will help your body physically complete that stress cycle. And I, yes. what I've learned about that, I was like, oh, like there are two things that your body wants to do to complete a stress cycle that I actively try to avoid doing. One is taking naps. I'm always like, <laughs> I hate naps. I'd rather read a book, but then learning, like, sometimes you need to like, just shut down to mm-hmm. like complete the stress cycle and not just like one-to-one with a client, like, okay, that client was really hard. I should take a nap, but just kind of the cumulative stress mm-hmm. of dealing with all of our clients. I- I'm not really at a place yet where I'm going to say, and now I'm taking naps. <laughs> However, 
taking it under consideration, but the second one is crying and I am not Mm. a crier by nature. I am like, it's kind of like, it's similar to naps. It's a little bit like, I'm like, I don't have time to just sit and cry about something. And there is, I have a real strong resistance to the energy it takes to face the depth of pain that Mm, comes up when you're, when you are having a good cry. And I, I have, I struggle to even think of like a good cry, but like, I know that's a thing. So that's something I'm working on is like not being scared to just cry and let it all out. So, um, yeah, I love that so much. It like letting your body go through the process of processing the emotions, um, I think is like, oh my gosh, so valuable. And we don't think about that. We're like, no, I just got to push on to the next day or like, I'll just wake up and do it again tomorrow. It'll be fine. The other one I really like about that, because it really resonated with me, that book, you know, thinking about like a, some animal that's been chased or whatever, and they finally get away from the predator and they'll still shake, you know, they'll like shake for a little bit uh, to release all that adrenaline energy that's all racing through their veins. And, you know, we don't necessarily do that because we're not necessarily being chased by a lion, but our brain doesn't know that but we don't like physically allow our body to like shake and release. So one thing I really like to do, and I do this, like if I'm super anxious or if I'm like just super stressed is I will like shake it off. (laughs) It's like, so Taylor Swift, Um, but (laughs) literally like stand up and just like shake my hands and try to like get my whole body gyrating, like not in a dance, but like literally in shaking. And it is so weird how, relax that ends up making you feel it is like freakishly it works it really really works and so you can do that even in the car I mean just like shaking your hands if you're just like really took a lot of something on you know during a consult or something like get it out of your body with that physical and it does help close that like you said that stress cycle a book is so good it is Um, good I should probably like proactively do some (laughs) stress shaking because I think that's why I'm in my car driving around looking for traffic and like, (laughs) like pounding the steering wheel and screaming things at the top of my lungs, things that are not, not set on this podcast. (laughs) It does release it. And then, but I'm like, oh, but now my voice is hoarse (laughs) because I just like, scream that at the top of my lungs. Oh my gosh. I you know, been in like a car music. With you, so I, I, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I think you've actually happening. seen me do that. Yeah. yeah. Startled <laughs> you, you witnessed. Me, in fact. <laughs> I know it's uh, my kids are so are used to it at this point, but they're actually, I will say that like shouting obscenities in the privacy of your own car yes. is a great stress reliever. Yes, like yes. sometimes that's, that's what's required. And but it, it does like it's really good. Release. Yeah, for sure. It's all about that, that release. So I hope that all of you will find some ways to release the stress that comes up when we are trying to set boundaries with high needs clients. And hopefully some of our experiences and things that we've learned over the years. So if you're a newbie out there, like know that we were, we were right there with you and not wanting to put one boundary up at all, but you'll learn as we did over time. And hopefully some of these tips and tricks and ideas and shaking will help you really process because we need you to keep doing the amazing work that you're doing. And if we don't stop 
and place these boundaries and learn how to release the stress, then we get burned out and we don't do our great work anymore. So you guys keep taking care of yourselves and keep placing those boundaries and finding where you need that extra help. And we hope that we'll see you at our, um, where we can release all of our stress about insurance at the end of the month at our deeper dive. So check the, check the link in the show notes to sign up for that. We'll have a link for Kristen's mental health first aid course, and we'll have a link to more information about Brandy and our podcast episode and deeper dives with her. We will see you soon. Bye Leah. Bye Annie. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.